When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Be the change you want to see. Make a difference by giving your money a purpose, a mission to do good. Welcome to Money with Mission, where we talk to individuals, businesses, and organizations who are taking the lead and whose actions are impacting the well-being of their communities and the world at large. Welcome back to Money with Mission. Today, I have the pleasure of having Jerome Myers, who is a preeminent authority of dream realization, a believer that dreams can and should be real. Jerome left corporate America when he realized that his role offered financial gain, but little significance. He is the founder and head coach of Myers Methods and has been featured in Business Insider, Black Enterprise, and numerous podcasts. After building a highly profitable division of a Fortune 500 company, Jerome decided to leave the rat race and get away from what seemed to be the endless slew of layoffs. He has developed a system for exiting corporate America and creating a life of impact. Today, he and his company help other Apex performers find their calling and live every day on purpose by harnessing the power of his model for a centered life, what he calls the red pill. Jerome and his firms can guide any individual from a monotonous and uninspiring existence to a life of fulfillment and impact. That's just the beginning, you guys. This guy's done a lot more stuff than he put in that little bio. Welcome, Jerome. Thank you so much for coming. Felicia, it's so good to be with you. I don't know what to do. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Buckle I, up, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a ride. <laughs> we may go some places here. <laughs> talk to me first. Let's start at the beginning where you talked about leaving the rat race. What was that like for you? What 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 happened? What flipped in your mind? Oh, man. Burned the boat. What happened? So on January 13th of 2015, I walked into my new role. I was a project manager, I was employee number two, and I was tasked with building a division to take over at power lines, put them underground. So I meet the lady who worked at the company I used to work for, and I'm on the contractor side now, or a vendor side. And so by September, we had 170 employees on the team. Okay. By the end of the year, we did $20 million in revenue, $6 million in profit. My reward for that was a phone call on the 24th of December that went something like this at 4.55. Hey, Jerome, I just want to catch up with you before the holiday. I know we've been going back and forth about layoffs and what we're going to do with the team. We are going to lay half the team off. Now, we can handle this two ways. Somebody can come do it for you and pick the people who get to stay. 
or you can do it. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, wait, no, that's not what we're going to do. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. I said, no, that's what we're going to do. And I'm not going to argue with you about this anymore. In fact, it's five o'clock. I'm going to go spend the holiday with my family. Uh, uh, Dalton. And so I spend that night and through New Year's figuring out what's the most objective way that we can pick who's going to have opportunity going forward. And didn't sleep much, didn't eat much, pretty much ruined the holidays for me at that point. And so what I said was, I got to get through it. I promise that I would never do it again. And so we have a meeting in February, all hands meeting. Here's what we're doing. Yeah, there's some people not helping us anymore, but we've got to go for we've got a really audacious goal that we've got to hit this year and so fast forward to thanksgiving two days before thanksgiving of the next year hey jerome we are going to lay some more folks off i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore so i decided that i was going to exit and I thought about, well, what am I going to do if I'm not going to do all this stuff that I've been trained to do? Because a lot of certifications, a few degrees. And so I think about a time when I was sitting on a suit with my buddy Duran, sophomore year in college. And I was paying $3.95. I had two roommates doing the same thing downstairs. Duran had the exact same setup. They live right behind, right beneath us in the apartment building. We multiplied it out around the complex. The guy was making $700,000 a year. We never saw him. We never talked to him. Like, that's amazing. That's a lifestyle that I can get with. I only need 700000 Just give me seventy, and I'll be set. And the problem was we didn't know anybody that was doing it. I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. So those folks weren't coming to our house for dinner. Folks with multi-million dollar real estate portfolios. So... I, I go through work and I was like, I'm going to go do that. I put that dream on the shelf and I, I pull the dream off the shelf. And surely with the 800 credit score, some money in the bank, they are going to be super excited to lend to me. And so I start the process trying to learn, go to YouTube university, figure yeah. out how to do this thing. Right. Cause what else do you do? I still hadn't been gotten any closer to that dream because I didn't meet anybody that actually owned a portfolio that way. And so you do what everybody does. You, you got to go buy something. So you need to go get a loan, right? That's right. what we do. We go get yeah. loans, right? So yeah. go to the bank and the banks uh, say, hey, I want to go buy this deal. Don't you want to give me a million dollars? They kind of frown up their face. Like, what are you talking about? Why would we give you a million dollars? I was like, well, I want to buy this building over here. It's like, yeah, okay. Let me see your financials. Showing financials, chest poked out. And like, uh, Okay. Um, have you ever done this before? I was like, no, of course not. Like, <laughs> who does this? I don't know anybody who's done this before. They're like, oh, well, um, yeah, no, we don't want to give you a loan. I was like, uh, well, wait, I got an MBA. I'm a licensed engineer. I, 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 got, I mean, got an engineering degree. I just built a $20 million business. They're like, yeah, you're not qualified. You don't have any experience. I was like, what do you mean I don't have any experience? I got Six Sigma black belt, started giving certifications. It was uh-huh. like, yeah, none of that actually gives you the experience you need in order to be successful with this. So 
I was like, oh, okay, you guys are just delusional. I'm just gonna go to the next one. The next one told me the same thing. So I went to the next one. And I just kept going until I got to 10 and they all told me no. And so I was like, oh, so leaving corporate America to go buy an apartment probably wasn't the best idea if I didn't have a plan worked out and actually tested to see if that plan was going to work. Still didn't know anybody that could help me do it. So you had already left your job. Yeah, I was out. So you had burned. I was in okay. the wild. Okay. All and right. So I'm just, I'm feeling you and feeling how, how scary that probably was. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, but it wasn't as scary as having to look more people in the face and tell them that they didn't have a job anymore through no yeah. fault of their own. I gotcha. Uh-huh. And yeah. so I started fixing and flipping, right? Because HGTV makes it seem so easy and simple. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you just buy something ugly, you fix it. And so did that. And I'm sitting on the stoop of a 1920s built house in Richmond, Virginia. And a guy pulls up in his white Dodge Ram. And he hops out. He's like, hey, bud, what's going on, man? He said, uh, we're getting ready to do a house down the street. It looks like you're getting close. I want to check your finishes out and make sure that we're going to be comparable when we come to market with our property. It's like, yeah, come on in. Proud, right? Somebody wanted to see my stuff. And we're walking through. He's like, oh, you took that wall out and that granite is amazing. And you got the sink in the island. Not too many people are doing that. And we go upstairs, he's looking at the towel. He's like, oh man, this stuff's amazing. You, you did a really nice job here. And so he's getting ready to walk out. He's saying thank you and bye. And he stops in the threshold of the door. He looks back at me, he says, hey, do you know anything about that building behind the Chimbo Mart? I said, the apartment building? He's like, yeah, that one. I said, yeah, I tried to buy that four or five months ago. He kind of looks at me. He says, well, I'm gonna make an offer on that this afternoon. I said, oh my goodness, you're the guy I've been looking for. You, you are not going to make an offer in the building if you don't have experience. So you already own some multifamily, don't you? He said, yeah, I do. I was like, please don't leave me out. He said, well, what are you going to bring to the table? I, we'll figure that out. Just don't leave me out the deal. You're the person I needed to meet in order to get to the next phase. And he asked again. What are you going to bring to the table? I said, man, look, I'll figure it out. Just don't leave me out. And so he just kind of shrugged his shoulders, walked through the grass, hopped in his truck, drove off. Friday came and went. I didn't hear anything. The next Friday came and went. I didn't hear anything. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the person I needed to meet. The problem was I couldn't articulate my value to the deal. Yeah. Right. And so he made the offer. It got rejected and he went and talked to a, a guy that I used to lend money to when I had a job. And he said, uh, I'm only comfortable doing this deal if Jerome's in it with me. And so now I'm, I'm in the game, right? Because he needed this guy to be the general contractor. I'm coming to the table. And so the three of us are going to buy the deal. And then the broker threw his commission in and then the property manager joined the team. So the five of us buy this $1.3 million deal and it's crazy because through all that, I ended up being an asset manager on the project. And whenever you buy from a big commercial brokerage house, there's a press release that happens whenever that transaction consummates. And it says rising real estate star partners with proven real estate investors to revitalize Churchill Townhome. 
And I'm reading the article like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized they were talking about me. (laughs) And I'm like, this is outstanding, right? Yes. And the funniest thing happened. My phone started ringing. They wanted to know what else I had in pipeline and if I could have lunch with them so they could show me the products and um, if we were ready to refinance it. Did we already have plans for it? And I'm thinking, I don't even know what a portfolio is or a pipeline. Like, what are y'all talking about? I'm like, I got one deal. <laughs> and three months ago, you didn't want to talk to me. But now we I'm close sure. the deal. So the whole game changed, right? I was the expert. And so I like, didn't want to waste the opportunity. So we cultivated some relationships. And then I left Richmond and came back to Greensboro and started buying deals here. And coupled that with people development. So what I found is, and I knew this when I was in corporate, but there's a ton of people who just don't enjoy what they're doing in order Mm -hmm. to make their living. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it because it pays well. Mm -hmm. And that's just a different type of bondage. It's a different type of slavery. And so it's my goal to help people figure out the how. I think everybody's got the what. They got some idea of what they want to do. There's a smaller group who knows why they want to do it. And I can help people clarify the why, but they got to know the what. But the really tough part is the how. And, you know, everything that I did in corporate America and since I've left has been figuring out how to do things that haven't been done or haven't been done by that person. Let me, let's, so, re, let's recap before you go on, because I hear okay. feel you shifting a little bit. So to recap the first part of your story, 2015, you had to lay a bunch of people off. 2016, yep. they came at you again saying lay off some people. Jerome said that that just felt too bad. I'm not doing that again. 10 no's on trying to buy a multifamily. Okay, that's not going to work. No matter what my credentials are, nobody cares. Fix and flips. And then you really stepped out when somebody came in to buy, to, to kind of scope out your work. And you, he's talking about a deal. You put yourself out there and say, hey, bring me in. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't articulate what you would bring to the deal, but you stepped out and said, put me in the deal. And yeah. ultimately, the relationships you had formed before got you into that deal. Is that right? Absolutely right. Okay. That's pretty amazing. That's, had, had you stepped out like that before in your life? Or was that your first? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm all about asking, right? If, you, if you're not willing to ask the question, the answer is no. And, you know, I still remember probably the most important thing that happened for me was asking the president of the division that I worked in to be my mentor. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't asked that, I wouldn't have been in Six Sigma. I wouldn't have gotten the promotions I got. I wouldn't have had most of the opportunities. But I think the biggest gift that that guy gave me was access to his performance coach. And so I got to meet with her bi-weekly. And Mm -hmm. when I looked around after a couple of years of that, my career looked very different from the people who were my peers Mm -hmm. within the organization and maybe the folks I went to college with as well. That's that's pretty cool. Stepping out, got to speak up, ask a question. You don't ask a question, the answer will always be no, always. You can, and you can work with a no, Jerome showed you how. He worked with the no. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, you're in a no, you're in no better place than you were before. If somebody, I mean, it's not any worse, right? It can only get better from here. That's right. Outside of the fact that you can't romanticize that it might happen for you on this given day if you ask this person. You can fantasize about what might happen, but knowing the truth, and I think that's the biggest part of what the red pill is, is you want to live in truth. Living in truth gives you an immense amount of freedom. If you're doing anything else, it allows you to be manipulated and take advantage of. And that's the last thing that I want. Interesting. Okay. Um, you were going to go over to dream catchers, but I'm going to go back to how did you get to red pill? Maybe everybody doesn't know about the matrix and all that. Is that where yeah. you got it? Or did you get it? Did you find it somewhere else? Where did, where did that come from? So the, the thought of taking the red pill came from the matrix. Okay. The red pill is so much deeper than a homage to the matrix. It's our model for a centered life. And so if you think about a nucleus, we believe that your image with your relationship with yourself, relationships with others, and your work create all the stress in your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's the nucleus of the red pill. Those are the first three layers. Above okay. that, we move to health prosperity and significance. Those top three layers are where you're growing, taking care of yourself and then giving to others. And so, you know, coming back down, you give out of your abundance, right? That's what the significance is. It's making a positive impact on other people. You can do that with money. You can do that with time, but you've got to have an overflow. And so Mm -hmm. that's why you need to be prosperous. Underneath the prosperity is health. The health is necessary because if you get prosperity before you have your health, you'll spend all of your prosperity on your health. The person who wants to be healthy will give up everything for that, right? And so we want to get healthy before we worry about prosperity. Coming down another layer, your work. The work, if you, let me go all the way down. So self-image, if you align your morals and values, and live that out on a daily basis. Keep those promises to yourself. You have no problem keeping other people accountable in your world because you're accountable. We start to extend grace and offer people things that maybe we shouldn't in a healthy relationship because we just want to keep them around, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting the self-image right allows us to engage and interact with other people and that those relationships, you're okay if you need to cut off a one-way relationship. Yes. When you have a weak self-image, you need people to be around to affirm you, make you feel better. When you're comfortable with yourself, you can go to that next level and say, I only want mutually beneficial relationships. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some reciprocity. And that reciprocity is what signals that the relationship is healthy. When you live in that space, you attract people to you. And so at work, you come with greater influence and bigger impact. That greater influence and bigger impact allows you to have bigger decisions. And that usually translates into higher calm. And so just kind of working up and down the layers of the red pill, again, self-image, relationship, work, health, prosperity, and significance. And you said uh, earlier, the first three were the source of most stress. Is that what you said? I can't remember. I think they are the source of all the stress. All stress. That dis-ease in those three create the issues that we have in health. I agree. And we know that stress, and I think most people have heard me say this as a physician, stress causes the majority of our illnesses. So when, when you're, when you are not aligned 
and then we can talk vibration, we can talk alignment, we can talk all kinds of ways about this, but stress is going to mess you up in a lot of ways, whether it's, whether it's only your mental health and let's not talk. I don't mean it only like it's a just mental health is everything just like physical health. You don't have those. You can't get anywhere else. It's say into the game for you. Just like Jerome said, you will spend everything to get healthy. And that takes away from everything else you can do in the world. Okay. We're going to take a break, come back because Jerome's got a lot more to talk about. Money with Mission is a real estate and business investment company that specializes in finding projects that have the potential to give you a great return on your investment dollar and make an impact in the communities where we invest. Make a difference in your life and the lives of others. Go to moneywithmission.com to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. We still have Jerome Myers here, and we've got a lot more to talk about. Um, Jerome is a podcast, a couple of podcasts, actually, one called Dream Catchers and one called Multifamily Missteps. And I think we could talk about, let's talk about why did you start Multifamily Missteps? I was listening to 40 hours of content a week. And all I heard over and over again was how great everybody was and how much money they were making and how nobody made any mistakes ever. Mm-hmm. And here I am running around like a madman trying to figure out how to make my project work. And nobody's telling me the things that I should be avoiding or looking for. And I got tired of the romanticizing of being a business operator. Mm-hmm. And so, because what would happen when I got in one-on-one conversations is they would tell me about their mistakes and we'd laugh about the different war stories. I was like, well, wait, why isn't anybody talking about this in real life? And he said, well, that's marketing. And so I've decided that I wanted to build something for the true operators so that they don't feel alone, so that they understand that, hey, I'm not the only one making these mistakes. But more importantly, for little Jerome, who's trying to get into this space, so that he can see the risks that are out there, Mm -hmm. because there's no reason for him to make the mistake if I made the mistake. Right. At, At the highest level. Real estate investors are only competing when a deal is on market and they're competing to take possession of that deal. All the other times you're in the same space. Everybody wants to raise their rent. So if other people are great operators, well, everybody gets to raise their rents. If you run your property with low expenses and other people can learn how to do that, that doesn't impact you negatively. In fact, it's probably a great thing. So the more of that communal knowledge that I think we can share with each other, I think it creates a better environment for investors. And I'm one that believes in continual improvement. And so I wanted to create something that I could actually learn from too. I gotcha. The one thing I recently read um, was from Star Trek. You can do everything right and still have complications. So just, you know, the deal could run perfectly and then, half your people move out, which decreases your every, you know, your, your NOI or just for no reason, just things just happen. So I think uh, just like you said, hearing that things go wrong for other investors, other syndicators, and even for passive investors to know that their syndicator, their deal sponsor has had a problem and got out of it and learned from it. To me, that's the most, one of the most important things is as a surgeon, I tell people, if you talk to a surgeon and they tell you they've never had a complication, move on. They either haven't been operating long enough or they're lying. 
So either way, you need somebody else. Same thing with a, a deal sponsor. If they've never had a problem, they either missed it and they were blind to it and or they're lying or they haven't been doing it long enough. So I just, you just have, those things happen. They just do. And I think There's no such thing as perfection. No. And talking about it is amazing. No, you're right. Nobody else talks about it really, really. I mean, puts it out in the name of their podcast, Missteps. It's just like, let's move on. And then you do dream catchers, which it sounds like to me is really your, your baby. Just, just from hearing you talk a little bit, that sounds like the thing you really, really like. Tell me about that. Yeah, it touches everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I have this thesis on life and it's your dream should be real. And sorry for the listeners, if you came past a commercial break, now you're responsible for that because there's one or two things that are, you either believe me. And so now you got to go do something about it or you believe that it's okay for somebody else, but you've decided that it's not okay for you. And I'm here to tell you that that thesis is for everybody. Yeah. If you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to sacrifice, you can have anything you want. You can make your dreams a reality. And so Dreamcatchers really is there to tell the story of the folks who've exited the matrix. And the idea here is to get the tools, tips, and tactics that they've used in order to catch their dreams. I think there's a big difference between a dream chaser and a dream catcher. I think a lot of emphasis in society today has gone in chasing, Mm -hmm. but I believe that you should catch. I believe that you should actually achieve and accomplish the things that you're setting out to do instead of wishing and hoping and longing for them. Because what I found is when you're perpetually hoping and longing for something that you don't have, it's almost impossible to actually enjoy life and be happy. Mm -hmm. And so if you set out to do stuff and I, I call it going on a hunt and then you, you actually have a successful hunt and you have the catch, you should have the feast. You should celebrate. You should enjoy that. And then once you're full, maybe you should think about the next thing to do. Yeah. But always being in a perpetual state of chasing ends up being exhausting and there is no finale. You know, you don't finalize it. You don't complete it. And it just leads to discord and dissatisfaction. How is, how is dream catching or what you're talking about different from goal setting and achieving a goal? I think a dream turns into a goal and then you get the goal accomplished by having a client. But what I've seen more often than not is people want your goals to be practical. Mm-hmm. And I think dreams for a lot of people who aren't walking in the space with you are seen as impractical. Mm-hmm. It's actual creation. Right. And I think that's when we get most God, like when we can actually create the environment that we live in or make a new space. And that's why I enjoy the development of people and places so much. We can make a new if we have the courage to actually dream. And so I, I think it's just where in the continuum are you? If the dream is going to be something that's big, hairy and audacious, and then you chunk it down into milestones or steps along the way, and I think those are the goals. And then, you know, the plan, habits, the activities, like all of that stuff plays into actually executing the plan to get the goal. And you have a process or you have a program that walks with people and helps them achieve these things, holds them accountable? Is that? Yeah. So there's some one-on-one coaching for a very, very small group of people who I believe are going to 
do something, the dream is big enough that it's going to change the world in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And so walking with them on that journey, because what happens is the person with the dream is usually seen as the crazy person, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. you're talking about things that none of your peers actually get. And oftentimes the person in your home with you is like, yeah, you're just the other, I know who you were. Right. So the first thing you have to become in order to do that thing, eh, I'm not buying it. Right. Not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're there to be the advocate for the dream when everything in life says that this isn't probable or possible. We're there to provide the support. We're there to help create the strategy because, well, you you don't actually know how to do that because you've never done it before. We use the model, we find models of people who've done things similar or done that same thing, and we replicate them based on what actually fits with the person. And so, you know, they tell us what the dream is. We do a gap assessment between where they are and where they want to be, figure out whether they want to make or buy that because some people have more money than they have time to acquire new talents. And then from there, once we have the tool belt that we need, we go off and we start the hunt and the hunt could be a number of different things, but it's just the journey to get to actually catching the dream. The thing that, you know, I think what happens more often than not when somebody goes off on this adventure alone is they walk out into the desert and they realize how hot it is. They don't have a map and they can't see an oasis. So they didn't have no idea where they're going to get some water to drink. And they come to this point where they're like, well, do I turn around and go back into the jungle where I can pluck fruit and drink from, you know, the different ponds and it's still comfortable and lush? Or do I keep walking in this desolate environment where I have no idea where I'm going to get replenished? And it's a whole lot easier if somebody's walking with you than to go it alone. Yeah. And for the folks who don't actually make the arduous journey, uh, they usually don't make it because they turned around and they end up dying on the way back because they gave up on their dream. And, you know, for me, the dream is always the North Star. It's always in the sky. It's the brightest thing. And you don't maybe know what street it is in the city, mm-hmm. but you do know the state and you potentially know the city and maybe you even know the zip code but you might not know the street or their address. But as you get closer, you can hone in on that. But you got to be going in the right direction. Definitely. What do you say to people who feel like they have no dream? It's like, I, I, I remember back sometime, I remember something in my world, but I now I'm just like working. You're so tired. You got kids. You got all the things we've got that just kind of kill us, honestly. That's how I feel about it. What do you say to those people? You have a dream. You just put it away and decided that you couldn't have it. Yeah. Everybody has a dream. How do you find it? How do you, you have to, so usually when people are in that space, they don't make any time for themselves back to self-image. There is no self-care. There is no quiet time. There is no reflection. There is no focus on gratitude. They are firefighters and they go from one fire to the other. There aren't people showing them gratitude and so they forget what that feels like and they don't find things to be grateful for in themselves Mm -hmm. and you've got to put a pause on that and you've got to go within and you've got to listen because the voice is always there it's just the fact that you have so much noise around you that you can't hear it 
But if you can't sit in a dark room by yourself without the phone, without any noise, you're in trouble. You've lost your dream. And it's not a pretty place. And I know there's a lot of people out there listening to that, listening to this, who think, I don't know what you're talking about. Get some quiet time and just be there. Stop, try to stop thinking about stuff. Try to just kind of be there with yourself. You'll hear it. It's going to whisper to you. It's going to whisper really quietly, but it is there. I promise you. And Jerome promises you. He works with people every day who found their dream. They don't know how to get there, but they know what it is. It's there, people. It really is. It's there. The red pill wakes you up. I think it's, it's absolutely terrifying if you haven't heard it. And if you're someone who has to turn on the TV or the radio as soon as you walk in the house or walk into a quiet space, mm-hmm. or you have to turn on all the lights, it's because you aren't comfortable with yourself. And I can say that with certainty because I've worked with enough people to see that this is a real thing. Now, does it mean that you're doing the wrong thing? And this is the part where I think most people get scared right? It's, well, that can't possibly be my dream because that would mean that I did all this stuff for nothing. Mm -hmm. And what I will tell you is you had to do everything that you've done in order to be prepared for the thing that you're supposed to do. And so even though you may not be able to connect the dots right now on your journey, in your process, you will find that all of those experiences come in handy. I love it. I love it a lot. Okay, so multifamily missteps, dream catchers, Myers method, and he's an author. So I found two books on your website, Politics of Marriage, which kind of threw me. I was like, huh, interesting. And then your dream should be real. Now that one, I, that one fit. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna ask you, of course, about politics of marriage. Where did that come from? Yeah, I got continuous feedback that I wasn't a great husband and I was striving to be, and I never actually figured out how to do that well. But in my seeking of knowledge, I found that I had to go to seven or 10 books to get all of the things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, well, maybe I can help somebody who's on the same journey because there's a big difference between being a boyfriend and being a husband. Right. And so we called it the politics of marriage. This was, we started writing when President Obama was running the first time. And it was like, so how does this all process actually work? And so you go from city councilman to state representative to working in the Senate or the House and then potentially maybe one day president. And so the main character in the book is the worst guy. I mean, everybody hates Mike when they start reading the book. They just think he's a dirtbag. He's a scumbag, right? He's just not the best person. And, you know, I don't think any dad with the daughter wants her to marry him. Okay. But, you know, they're going through it. And so we're teaching the lessons that nobody actually talks about. You know, I'll never forget standing on the front porch with my dad one day and saying, hey, man, why didn't you tell me it was going to be like this? And he said, well, I asked if you were sure. I was like, (laughs) 
I need you to be a little more direct when you think I'm getting ready to run into a brick wall. And so, you know, it's just like, you know, he's so subtle and he, he never really says much. He wants me to live my life. But I back to missteps, right? I wanted people to see the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, this guy goes from, you know, they had a joint bank account. He uh, is in Miami. He goes to a strip club. He brings a stripper back. And the stripper steals the wallet and takes all the money out of their joint account, right? And the lesson there is more so what happens, what, do you, what should you do when you lose your wallet, right? Like, how do you cancel the cards? How do you, now, he had the predicament of having to explain what happened to all the money to his partner, right? But that's just kind of the context, the, the real lesson there is, all right, so, you know, if your identity may have been stolen, what do you need to do? And we, we go through a bunch of different scenarios. And the goal there is just to equip people with the tools that they need in order to be successful in what's probably the most important relationship in your life. You know, we've talked a little bit about real estate. People want to partner on real estate all the time. I think real estate is like a marriage with a prenup, right? You're going into the deal. You're tying, tying your financial futures together. If the deal goes bad, you could be negatively impacted. The only other piece of this that I think is pretty good is, you know, there's a defined exit. You have the business plan, you know, when you plan to get out. So, you know, you, you stack all that up and it's, it fits for sure, because back through the red pill, right? Relationships are the most important thing. But what I found is you've got to do the work on yourself. I think everybody wants everything around the world to change. Yeah. You don't actually want to be the change that they want to see in the world. And so just being willing to do the work, being willing to concentrate and focus on what you can control and then showing up with integrity in your various relationships is really what the book and just my entire life is about. Amazing. So you, you said you wrote the book because you were told you weren't a very good husband. Did that make you better? Did going through all I that thought process- it did, but you know, it, we did not stay married. Did, but did, it, okay. I, did I, I i am a better partner because of you learned a lot for sure. yeah perfect oh for sure perfect perfect jerome i've had a really good time anything else you want to say anything you need you feel like i should have asked that i did not ask that we need to talk about oh i can't pick your questions for you but yeah. i just appreciate <laughs> your diligence and reviewing what we've done and how we've done it i i just love people and want to see the world become a better place and if any of the stuff that I've experienced can help other people on their journey and inspire them to be more do more achieve more then I think the work is done so hopefully at least one person I hear this and be excited about what they've heard and go take action against something how can they find you we'll have this in the show notes but we'll let Jerome tell you too yeah I think the best place to go is jeromemyers.co and you can pick your adventure, whether you're interested in real estate or interested in dream catchers, different opportunities for you to connect with us. We've got a 15 point checklist on the dream catcher side for exiting the matrix. If mm-hmm. somebody's trying to figure out how they can leave corporate, if they want to get in a multifamily investment or learn more about that, we've got a four step guide that they can grab uh, once they get on the site. Okay. Amazing. So we've got, we'll have everything in the show notes, you guys. Jerome, thank you so much. It's been really a good time. Uh, we may have, I may have to have you back because there's a lot more to talk about with this guy. He's 
there's a lot to talk about. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Money with Mission. There are projects happening right now where you can make a great return while positively impacting the lives of others. To learn more about today's guests or to download seven steps to building resilient wealth for women, visit www.moneywithmission.com. I hope you enjoyed the interview and are inspired to give your money a mission. Until next time, send your investment dollars into the world to bring you a financial return and improve the lives of others.